Hello, welcome to the Dear Writer podcast. I'm Sarah. And I'm Ashley. We're two aspiring collaborative authors sharing our writing journey with you. The ups, the downs, and everything in between. Whether you're just starting out or a more experienced writer, we hope that you'll find this podcast inspiring and thought-provoking. And here's the show. Welcome back to Dear Writer. We are on to episode 10, which is the first of our author interview uh, mini-series. We've got Dan Saunders here with us today. Hi, Dan. Hello. Hi. Do you want to do a brief introduction for him, Ashley? Sure. So Dan is an English author based in Kent, and during the day he teaches guitar and ukulele, but by night he is a writer. So just like us, he has multiple hats, multiple jobs. So welcome, Dan. It's nice to have you on the show with us today. Okay, so I'm, I think I'll kick this off with the first question. So how did you first get into writing? Was it a passion that you had when you were young or did it develop later on in life? I think it did develop when I was younger, but um, it sort of laid dormant for a while. And then I had an idea for Soul Capture, which is a science fiction adult novel last October, October 2019. And I uh, just sort of sat on it and then I sort of started talking to my sister about it. And um, she released a book earlier this year and then um, she said, you know, you should write yours. It's a really good idea. So during lockdown, it was June of the lockdown through to August, I started writing Soul Capture and by, by August the 20th, it was finished. And then as I was coming to the end of writing that, um, I had the idea for a for the YA book that is going to come out in March, which is Spice Traders. I was just thinking it's quite cool that you kind of just jumped into it as, you know, there's no real build-up as a kid. Did you write stories and stuff as a kid? Or were you, did you have like, an, a, you know, how some kids are super imaginative? Yeah, I did I did write stories as a kid, but like I say, it is something that, that lies dormant, really, because as you mm-hmm. get older, you discover new things. I discovered the guitar, obviously, and yeah. and beer tasted good too. So, so yeah. uh, the stories kind of went by the by. Mm-hmm. But I I did always enjoy stories, and I always enjoyed reading. But mm-hmm. it was difficult because I've got slight dyslexia. I had to go to a school. They picked it up quite early, fortunately. Yeah. So that's one of those things that. You don't really, I don't have to deal with it in everyday life a lot of the time, to be fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, when I was writing, oh, it really came to the forefront and it was a bit of a struggle at times. But uh, I managed to work around it. Do you, yeah, I was going to ask you about, do you have any techniques or anything that you use to get around that or? Well, yeah, I actually speak into Google and if I have trouble spelling a word, then I speak into my phone onto Google and then it pops up or, and uh, right here I've got, my dictionary and my thesaurus as well so I sort of consult them but a lot of the time like I say it's not it's not a problem there are so many people that that can't spell and <laughs> yeah that's true it really annoys me when you read a book and you're just thinking come on you should proofread this a bit better but yes. you know you are going to get spelling mistakes yeah even if they've gone to an editor they books that are released still have these problems so you come to terms with it pretty quickly you have to otherwise you're just not going to create anything. Just end up throwing your laptop out the window or something, and uh, which isn't any good to anybody. So. No. <laughs> it's very impressive, I think, that you managed to sort of you started in 
did you say it was June? June, and then you finished in August. Yeah, that's quite good going for your first book. I'd be proud yeah. of that if I were you. Yeah, that's yeah. Great. Well, <laughs> it, it is a pile of junk. I mean, yeah, um, it is. It, it needs work. I've said this to you before, Sarah, haven't I? I think you know. So because uh, you it's still, you know, like first novel, like finishing it in that amount of time, super impressive. It, it needs editing. It does need editing. We have words down. Words down is always a great start. Than having no words. Yeah. It's it's really impressive. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, well I enjoy it and um I've got lots of ideas. I mean I'm I'm planning on twenty twenty one as an author point of view being pretty big. Spice Traders has a release date now. I don't know if you know that already, but uh thirty first of March. Oh exciting. Yeah, so and if That's you go so on cool. to Goodreads, there's an ISBN. If you type in my name, there's a temporary book cover. Oh, nice. Which you may have seen, Sarah. I think you may have seen on, on Insta. Yeah, possibly. yeah. So, um, so you can have a look at that. My wife has read it and she finished it today and she's made some really good, helpful things. Yeah. So, so I'm going to implement them and I've got some other ideas. So it's on track, though. My husband read ours and also gave us incredibly valuable feedback. So... I think getting feedback from your spouse is a great way because they just tell you how it is as well. They're like, oh, I don't need to sugarcoat anything for you. No, that's <laughs> right. I mean, we've, we've been married for we'll be, uh, 17 years next year. So, uh, you know, we just tell it like it is. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's the way we roll, you know. You know each other well enough. But, yeah. So. And so I kind of feel like if I got a friend to read my book, they would try and like be like oh it's fine like there's nothing wrong um but james would be like no i don't understand this character just don't get it don't like them <laughs> yeah all the time you don't have to have likable characters in a book though <laughs> do you people will still read your book if your yeah. characters are horrible <laughs> you know sometimes that can be the glue though can't it if you've got a character you mm-hmm. absolutely can't stand you want to carry on reading because you want to find out what happens yeah hoping that they'll come to an untimely demise or something yeah wringing of hands and, and all that as as we like to play god in our novels don't we <laughs> yes yeah so who are your some of your favorite authors and what writers inspire you ian banks straight off the bat uh scottish author no longer with us sadly he would write twisted fiction some of it and then he would write under ian m banks which was his sci-fi hg wells um, although i need to read more of his books i've only read time machine and war of the wells but war of the wells is my favorite book i read that when i was unemployed once Uh, i read that in a day so (laughs) that's still probably my favorite book i would say um so yeah and then all sorts of people, you know, I've recently discovered Marissa Meyer with Cinder and the whole Lunar Chronicles. She's really, really good. Oh, cool. All sorts. All sorts. Mostly in the sort of science fiction-y genre? It can be. I mean, I did read a lot of Patricia Cornwell in my 20s. Oh, who, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there were, there were a lot of thrillers. I read all of the James Bond books, mm-hmm. including the ones that were written under permission from the uh, Fleming estate. Right, yeah. So, so it's, it's a wide cross-section of stuff, I would say, yeah. So a lot of different influences coming into your writing across yeah. lots of different genres. Yeah, but the biggies would be Ian Banks and H.G. Wells, I would say. Might have to might have to have a look at some of those. Yeah, if you wanted Ian Banks, if you wanted his stuff, 
a good place to start. Well, there's two good places to start. If it depends, if you did you want sci-fi, Sarah, or did you want fantasy? Or sci oh. I do read a little bit of sci-fi, not really any fantasy, but um, I've been reading the Expanse series. Right. I don't know if you've have you you watched or any read of. You should certainly watch the series as well. Like it's very good. What's that on? But it's by two collaborative. It's sci-fi um, and. I think it's like based in the future. So when Earth has kind of expanded out into the galaxy and You're on Netflix. Oh, I think it is I'm trying to think where it is on. Because we have so many different streaming platforms that I never I get so confused. Would it be like either Netflix or Amazon, maybe? I'm not I'm not hundred percent sure on that. Okay. I'll look it up. <laughs> I'll, I'll see if I can find it. No, I, I, I guess it, it depends as well with UK because I, I know different Netflix over have different things in mm. different countries. So, like New Zealand's is terrible. It never has anything. <laughs> so, when you first started your writing and writing, you said it was called Soul Capture. Your first, your first book. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. How, how did you start to try and better yourself as a writer? Did you use podcasts or youtube or any books or anything you found particularly helpful that you could suggest to others yeah um i did i did use youtube to begin with because it's right there isn't it and then i ended up rediscovering uh, an author called jerry b jenkins he happened to have i signed up for his mailing list and then he happened to have a free webinar that you could go on okay and it was all about writing and stuff but he was when i signed up to it he would send you things to improve your writing like one of them was absolute golden and when i'm editing i hear his voice in my ear it was an, it was an editing video it was, a, it was very short but he was saying you've got all these glue words here and you can just chop that down and make it easier to read just the whole idea as authors isn't it we want people to be able to read it really quickly so um yeah. so that was one thing and then just other youtubers and people like that and then eventually started buying books that people were recommending mm -hmm. on writing by Stephen King. I recommend that. That's Any a really good one. That. Yeah. I've it's read excellent. It. It's excellent. And into the woods as well. I forget the guy's name on that one. He's a screenwriter, but it talks about structure, plot structure and the inciting incident and all of those things that you know are there, but you don't know what they're called. When you when you're yeah, a reader, yeah. <laughs> when you're a yeah. reader, and then you become an author, you discover all these terms. It's like, well, what's that? You know, what's what's the low point and the 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 bit in the middle and all that stuff. You don't you don't know all that. And then when you start looking into it, so yeah, so it was a combination of of internet webinars and uh, and books, really. Yeah. I've never read the Stephen King one. It's I've been wanting to get it from uh, the Auckland Library, but it has a waiting list of like twenty-seven people. So I might just have to buy it. I would. It was really good because it's it gives you the first yeah. half is is his autobiography, and then he talks about his writing career. But then he comes back to what he's going through when that book was written as well. So um, it's really really good. Really good. I might have to buy it. I think I'll have yeah. to. I've wanted to, I've always quite admired Stephen King, even though I haven't read a lot of his books, just, you know, when you see how like influential some of his books are and they're always such 
interesting stories. Be quite good to see what goes on. Yeah, well, I'm reading. It's a massive brick of a book I'm reading at the moment. One of his, which is eleven twenty two sixty three. Yeah, this guy just discovers that he can go back in time, and his friend tries to convince him to stop uh, Kennedy from being assassinated. So it's an interesting, interesting premise because not all of his books are out and out horror because they go, oh, Stephen King horror. But uh, his career is really quite wide and diverse. So how do you juggle your work home life with your writing? Well, it's pretty easy right now because I haven't got a lot of work. So (laughs) I've got a lot of time. Yeah, you have to, you have to prioritise. You have to make time to do the writing. And at the end of the day, sometimes you just have to sit there and just put one word in front of the other. But there comes a point where there's a natural break off. Sometimes I can, a lot of the time I can sit there for like six hours and I can just bang out a load of words and it's great. Yeah. But then again, after you get to that six hour period, you think, right, I've had enough. My eyes are tired. So from that point of view, <laughs> yeah. there, is a, you know, <laughs> there is a natural yeah. breaking point where you think, right, that's enough for today. Yeah. Um, but no, my, my wife and daughter have been really supportive and they think it's amazing that I've decided to sort of, write books and and throw myself into it so they're, they're really supportive of it so that's great I forgot what I was gonna say <laughs> <laughs> it's fine um I was gonna say it must be really helpful with having the lockdowns because you do get to really focus on your writing right now which is probably really beneficial because you can I guess since you've started so recently you can do a lot of work to you know improve your writing uh, with like I guess, intensive sessions, we'll call it that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just like any other art, isn't it, really, that um, the more you do it, the better you get. So yeah, yeah. Um, Michelle's just finished reading The Proof of Spice Readers. and uh, Spice Readers? Uh, spice <laughs> Traders. <laughs> spice Traders. And um, she said you can definitely tell that you get the book gets better as you get further on towards the end of the book. So... It's good. You can tell the difference between my writing and on Soul Capture and, and, and with Spice Traders as well. So, but yeah, you're right. I mean, it's just, I mean, the, the advice that, that people give you is good writers read and great writers read a ton. You, that's what you've got to do. You just got to get your reading in there and then just bash away at your keyboard and eventually, you know, you hope that you're going to come up with something half decent that people will want to read. So, but um, yeah, it's just putting in that 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 grind work, isn't it? Really? Yeah, de- definitely. definitely. Yeah, just lots of you know attempting, failing, attempting again, and then you're like, hey, it's a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, what's your writing process like? Are you a plotter or a pantser or somewhere in between? I started off being uh, a pantser for, for Soul Capture and that one came up really short and I started pantsing Spice Traders and then I ended up being something in between and I think that's probably what I'm going to work towards. Yeah, I think that's a good place to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dial Back, which is the second book in the Soul Capture series, I plotted that out. I, Michelle showed me uh, Microsoft OneNote. So I've put photographs of people who I'm writing in the head of, if you like, or mm-hmm. having a, a, 
a visual representation of how I want that character to look and I've put down the vehicles and cars and things like that. And um, I think that's going to be good. But even if you plot something out, you, you've still got an element of pantsing in there because yeah, even yeah. though you've, you've mapped out that scene, you've still got to think about the conversations that people are going to have, what they might be eating, what they're doing when they're having a conversation, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. You can't really plan that kind of thing because, you know, it's just a conversation, isn't it? And so I think you yeah. never really get away from one or the other. I think you do need to be sort of in between. Mm -hmm. like, yeah. I think they, they term it as a planter. I'm not even sure that's a proper term. <laughs> I think I like you're right. It. You're right. It gets the uh, it gets the idea across, doesn't it? But yeah, I, I would say now going forward, something in between, mm -hmm. a hybrid, if you will. <laughs> yeah, definitely a good spot to be. It's hard to, I guess, wing a book. Um, mm. Having at least an outline to follow, even if it's not super in depth, definitely at least keeps you focused, and you can still go off on tangents and add in extra things along the way if you feel like it. Yeah. So um, can you tell us a little bit about uh, your very first novel? So that was Soul Capture. Uh, where yep. did the inspiration for it come from? And we've kind of touched on this. How do you feel like you've grown as a writer since, since then? Well, initially, I came up with the idea of, 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 of fossil fuels and all this sort of stuff, and it didn't really sit right. And um, then obviously the pandemic happened and it, sort of took it all in a different direction but the idea of of soul capture is that uh, when you die you can have your soul uploaded into the cloud as it were mm -hmm. and then the company can then create a 3d printed body and your soul can be transported back into that body so that was kind of the idea for that one mm -hmm. that's a really cool idea yeah yeah so um, although it's kind of now it's kind of like almost like a subplot um, but then it comes to the front again in the last book which is using a rather old word to describe it rapscallion that one's called which I've sort of described that as a Leon and a Blade Runner retelling I think that's probably the best way to sort of describe it there's definitely going to be sort of Blade Runner-esque ideas but um, no I just because I'm a bit of a gamer I, you create your own character mm -hmm. I like playing GTA 5 and um, you, you try to make that character look a certain way and behave in a certain way and that gave me the idea for for soul capture that what if you died and you could upload your soul and have it re-downloaded into a 3d printed body so you never really die as it were yeah mm -hmm. that's really cool is it uh by the sounds of it it's a planned series Yes, it's, it's going to be a trilogy, that one. Yeah. yeah, so you've got Soul Catcher, which eventually is going to be given away. When it's good enough, it will be given away on my website. So, But I want to get that right before I do the website. Um, yeah. It's going to end up being a novella because it came up a little bit short. So. Okay. How many words is it? At the moment, I think it's around 45,000, but um, there needs to be edits as well. So it'll be a... I think it might end up being around 35,000, something like that. Okay. So a reasonable length. Yeah, no, yeah, it's a decent yeah. length, especially for writing it in like two months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't necessarily mean it was two good months, but there you are. 
We always beat ourselves up over our work, though, don't we? Let's be honest. Yes, we? yeah, yeah, we do. And me and Ashley, you know, we're we're much more the slower type. We're definitely not writers who output like a book a month, like I've heard some people do. So oh uh, <laughs> I'm just like, anyone who does that, I'm like, oh my gosh. How do you do it? Stephen King's been doing that. I mean, the last few years, he's been writing four or five books a year. It's just <laughs> mental. It's <laughs> mental. <laughs> how you do that i really don't me neither my brain would explode me too me too i'm like a chapter a week on a good week (laughs) three thousand words a week usually i'd say that confidently three thousand words a week whether all of that translates into a chapter or gets deleted is the question Mm. the moment it's just mostly deleted that's okay do you edit as you go along or do you do it at the end because there's different Uh, processes isn't there mainly at the end i edit a lot as i go well yeah but we do like an overall edit but when i'm writing i don't just put stuff down i've gotten i get very caught up in it so it ends up being quite slow which i think is my problem i like to do a chapter and then i get super excited when i finish it so i send it to ashley and then i'm like oh wait 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 i've just realized that there's some issues with this hang on let me change that and then i'll send it to her <laughs> and then like resend her the third version she's just got these multiple emails from me i wake up in the morning and it'll be like ignore the first two emails i'm like okay <laughs> so now do you just open the third one just get the two middlemen and just go straight to the third <laughs> definitely read the most recent one because often she's changed her mind as well like through the course of the emails she's like actually just ignore everything I said in the first email I'm like what did you say in the first email (laughs) anyway so we've talked a little bit about Spice Traders which you've said is your newest project that you've recently finished you said when was the release date the 31st of March is that what you said? That's right, yeah. Oh, exciting do you want to tell us a little bit about it is it you know first person third person um, what did you find most challenging about writing it? It's third person. Mm-hmm. And the way I've been pitching it has been a cross between Sinbad, Lara Croft for foodies, really. I like it. <laughs> so it's a swashbuckler with monsters and fantastic beasts, mythical beasts in it. But there's a, a strong food element in there, lots of cooking and things like that, which is one of my, my passions. Was it young young adult? It is, yeah. It is young adult. If you think kind of Narnia, that type of thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah, my wife picked that up. She said there are definitely Narnia elements to it. I used to love the Chronicles of Narnia. Excellent series. Yes, yeah. I can't claim to be the next C.S. Lewis, but I'll have a go. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to ask, why did you change from adult fiction? Because you said your first one, Soul Captures, adult fiction. And then your next one's YA. Did, is there any reason you decided to switch to writing for young adults no i don't think like not consciously it was no not consciously it was just the idea started to form as i was coming towards the end of that book and michelle cooks an amazing meal we're both keen cooks and i was just sort of inspired by the meal and i thought could you make a story around a meal and that's how it came about it was just i think i was reading some ya at the time as well Mm mm-hmm so I was pretty much finished Cinder and 
I'd read some other novels as well that were in that genre. I initially thought that Soul Capture was was YA, but it isn't at all. So I thought I was writing for that market anyway, <laughs> and then it turned out that it was an adult market. So I just thought it'd be really cool to write a book that my daughter could read, you know. So I basically grew two heads. <laughs> and I'm going <laughs> to uh, write where, whichever one comes the strongest in my mind, really. Yeah. I'm hoping to do six Spice Traders books, actually. Oh, another series. Yeah, because they, they said that you're more discoverable online and yeah. stuff the more books that you've written. And if you've got a series, we talked about this, I think, Sarah, didn't we? Yeah. You know, you've got that very much that binge culture, not just with your telly, with your TV, but you've got you've got it with books as well. I didn't realise that was a thing until I started looking into it a bit more. Yeah, especially for indie authors, it's good to have like a backlist in a series. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Plus it's fun following the characters through. It's going to be hard when we finish our young adult series in some ways. I'm going to be so sad to let go of those characters. I know. I don't know how I'm going to cope. I've had them for so long. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what did you actually, what did you find most challenging uh, when you were writing Spice Traders? Or did it kind of ju- just, did it just flow <laughs> quite well? Monsters, actually. To begin with, uh, I was trying to find monsters that would fit and, and all that type of thing. So I, eventually I just bought a book, which was um, an atlas of fantastical beasts. Because every nation and every culture has got their own mythical creature, haven't they? you know yeah yeah. so I was running out of ideas for for those kind of creatures and then I I bought this book which is a kid's book but it's really good because it's got everybody in there Mm -hmm. it's got all your Greek mythological creatures in there and then you got your your Irish ones and your American ones and you there's lots of them in Mexico and yeah yeah. so initially it was difficult trying to find those and then as I went on further and I started using this book I started to think about where some of the ingredients would come from for the dish. For example, a good one, one of the ingredients they need is is garlic. And my wife said, oh, you know, why don't they just use garlic? Well, there's a reason they can't use garlic from mm-hmm. their country. Okay, And you'll see that when you read the book, hopefully, if you decide to read the book. That is. <laughs> um, so I thought about garlic and I thought about one of the places where it comes from a lot and in this country a lot of it's imported from China we try to buy from this country obviously to cut down on the air miles but then I thought okay so a lot of the garlic comes from China so I started thinking about these Chinese monsters mm-hmm. and putting that in there they weren't necessarily Chinese people but I just sort of thought along those lines did finding uh, some, you know, you go through the book, you find a lot of monsters you've never heard of. Did that then inspire some other ideas, either for in future books or the or in Spice Traders itself? Yes. Sometimes you don't know, so you don't know what you don't know, right? And so you see cool things, and you're like, actually, this would make a really awesome boss fight or whatever at some point. Yes. Yeah, I think so. Um, and it also enabled me to foreshadow as well. Mm-hmm. And. Michelle pointed out today, she said, you can definitely tell you set it up for a series. And I said, I'm glad you saw that because that was intentional. Yeah, yeah. You, you, I think when you go into the process, it feels like somebody's got hold of you and just thrown you off the pier and you're flailing <laughs> in the water 
And then suddenly you learn how to swim because you have to, or else you're going to sink. And I think it's very much like that. And you can do all the planning in the world, but at the end of the day, you've still got to figure out how this thing's going to work. Yeah, I, mean, I really yeah. like that analogy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, being thrown off the pier. Yeah. <laughs> and just trying because no one else has the same ideas and things that you do for your book so even though you can read all these things they can't actually help you when it comes down to it so you're kind of no. just left to your own devices like can you manage to get to shore or at least not drown yeah <laughs> and then and manage to get your book written i like it so what are some of the challenges that you've had with self-publishing or challenges that you maybe foresee with self-publishing budget definitely yeah. budget I don't have one at all um, because of the pandemic. I get that. I get that. Yeah, because of the pandemic, you know, as you know, I'm a guitar teacher by trade, really. I've got very little work. I'm so grateful for the work at the school that I've got. So they're saying things about, you know, people do actually judge a book by its cover. And we did try and design one ourselves and we got fairly close, but... I'm going to save a little bit of money by buying a pre-made cover because there are book designers out there that will work with a pre-made cover. So that's how I'm going to have to address that issue. So I'm still going to get a professional cover, but I'm going to have to pre-buy the, the cover itself and, and give right, it to a, yeah. to a designer. I can't afford an editor, so I'm going to have to do all that as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, definitely budget for me. Yeah, I totally understand that. So that's what I've been I've been trying to take on board what, what people like Mark Dawson, who's a Amazon self-published guy, and he's been sending him your, your mailing list so you can email your your followers and, and things like that. So it's that kind of thing, just trying to build it up on social media, mm-hmm. you know, trying to get as many followers as I can and draw them to the product, but do it in a nice friendly way that isn't bye-bye blinking book right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's actually having... I mean, proper conversations with people I think that's what you need to do so yes yeah and if you can build a following around a genuine friendship then people are more likely to to buy your book yeah and support you and yeah and you support them back because that's what we do yeah if you're an indie author then you you, well if you're an author generally you should just support people anyway If, if they're into that you should be behind it that's what's really cool about this community I think so the next question that we had was about mistakes so i know you've listened to at least one of our podcasts we like to do um a mistakes of the month section um okay (laughs) so do you have any hilarious mistakes that you've found during the editing process of your book that you're willing to share or (laughs) well it was more my wife that found it was soul capture she said i can't read your book i don't know what's going on okay (laughs) (laughs) so that was that she said you need to rewrite that scene i can't read it okay Okay. just like there's multiple problems (laughs) (laughs) fortunately that wasn't the case with spice traders she's made some good things but uh, yeah that was pretty embarrassing really so oh it's hard so i've been going back to it sort of quivering looking at my manuscript on soul capture and like but then i started to pick it apart and realized that i can do something yeah the bones are good 
They are. It's got structure. It just needs a bit more flesh, not saggy, horrible dinosaur yeah. flesh or something. I don't know. It's been rotting <laughs> away for a while. <laughs> Was there anything else that you wanted to chat about or add um, that we haven't covered? I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Okay. Thank you so much for joining us. Did you want to do the roundup, Ashley? Well, first I was going to ask Dan how people can get a hold of him. What are your Instagram Instagram handle? Is that what it's called? Yeah. I know your Instagram name. I'm, I'm really bad with social media. Yeah, I'm on Instagram and that's um, just Dan Saunders author on Instagram. So I'm edging ever closer to 500 followers now, which is pretty amazing. So as soon as I only set the page up, because I did have the Diaz guitar tuition one that's been running for a while, but this one's only been up for about five, six weeks. Cool. That is pretty good. Uh, I'm on <laughs> yeah. Goodreads as well. So if you type in okay. Saunders author and you type in Spice Traders, that comes up. And there's an ISBN there as well. You have to do that if Exciting. you want to get registered on Goodreads. And then on Facebook, again, it's Dan Saunders author. So it's all pretty straightforward. And once Spice Traders is available, where can people... Will people be able to find it? Do we know yet? That will be Amazon. Um, yep. Because the advice I got from uh, Joanna Penn, who I know you follow, if you've got one book, she recommends that you just put it on Amazon to begin with. So it's going to be so, Kindle? Yeah. Kindle Direct Publishing. K- KDP, isn't it? K- yeah, Kindle yeah, Direct that's Publishing. One. It should Hopefully it should be both, yeah. It should be paperback and Kindle. Awesome. Very yes. exciting times. Yes everyone look out for dan's book coming out 31st of march 2021 yes exciting i look forward to it thank you thanks again dan for giving up your time to come chat to us on our podcast we've really enjoyed having you thank you for having me i was really privileged to be asked thank you okay and just to explain how people might be able to featured on our author spotlight we will be having a website page available that you can fill in all your details Uh, so look out for that on lindersoncreations.com it will be under be featured on dear writer if you hover your uh, mouse button over the podcast page you'll see it there yes so that should be live shortly very exciting And for our next podcast, we are going to be releasing the third in our mini series, which is going to be called Talking Shop, where Sarah and I are going to chat about the books uh, we are currently reading, whether they be writing books to help us on our writing journey, or even if they're just novels that we're reading for fun. Or even podcasts that we follow as well could be interesting. Yes. Just all those those tools that we kind of gather along the journey. So that'll be very exciting. Yes, so I hope everyone has a great rest of their week and um, happy writing, everyone.